Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we are equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive and live well. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Three Little Things podcast. My name is Sarah and I'm joined with my co-host Lily and we are back with Adele for another wonderful episode. Now this was a really sought after episode Adele after your previous episode which Lily is going to recap in a second. We had so many wonderful listeners just say that they could listen to you all day every day and just wanted to pick your brain and I think one of the really cool bits that I took away from it and also our listeners was that you just merged these two worlds so beautifully and kind of gave everyone this sense of relief and reassurance and just able to take a bit of a sigh and go, oh, there are so many things I can do to better my my health without getting overwhelmed. And I think that was a really beautiful takeaway from lots of our listeners. But Lily, do you want to introduce Adele for the second time and kind of recap her last episode and, and then we'll get into it? Yes, so Dr. Adele is amazing. I met you at a pediatric conference in Hobart um, some 18 months ago, and you told such a great story regarding your neuroscience background and all the amazing research you were doing, and then gradually through personal experience went into um, the quantum world. So I really urge our listeners to go on to the previous episode because they'll get a really good taste of what happened there. But I particularly love the three little things that you left us with, which is um, love oneself, heal oneself, change oneself. I, I thought that was really special. And then you also bring in what we today see as the Western versus Eastern concepts of health. Although me being um, Eastern, I see it more, it's more like a sliding scale for me. So rather than being two poles apart, it's, it's simply um, one bubble where from within we seem to bounce from um, one in the sliding scale to the other and maybe back again. So to me, they're both very necessary and it's a choice thing as to when in our lives we access one or the other. But I particularly like what we're going to do today, today because um, I feel what you're going to say today is what we should be doing every day as that background theme uh, to our health. So Adele, over to you. <laughs> Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me back on the podcast. It's very exciting to share with you now the book that I've written with Lorraine Rushton. It's called Butterflies Be Gone and it's yoga therapy in a storybook to help overcome fear and anxiety. And the story of how the book came about just briefly was that I overcame anxiety as a child and as a younger adult um, through the tools of yoga. And I really wanted to be able to share that with, with children today who I've, I see a lot of stress and, and anxiety and high expectations on kids. And I just felt really strongly that if we could share the tools of yoga with them, particularly yoga therapy, then we could specifically target the fear and anxiety and, and really help to create balance for them in their lives. I became a kid's yoga teacher. I was already a yoga teacher, but I became a kid's yoga teacher and I did my training with Lorraine Rushton, who's the co-author on the book. She's the founder of Zenergy Yoga and she has absolutely fantastic uh, teacher training courses for, for children's yoga. She has a wealth of experience that she brings to 
to to Children's Yoga Education Australia. She's the longest running provider of children children's education, and she's got like twenty thousand hours of teaching experience, and um, well over a thousand graduates from her teacher training courses, uh, and and over. 25, 30 years experience in this field. So she's highly experienced. Um, and her courses, they're therapy that's specific for, so yoga therapy specific for all sorts of different issues. So not just fear and anxiety and stress, but also things like ADHD and autism and disabilities and coughs and colds and digestive health and weight issues and diabetes and all sorts of things that kids suffer from today um, increasingly. So very, very qualified. And we're both also Rioho adults yoga therapy teachers, qualified teachers as well. So we decided to work together to uh, to write this book um, to bring the tools of yoga for specifically fear and anxiety in children to those kids who are suffering from those troubles and their families, give them tools and also to the classrooms, uh, to the school libraries and state libraries and to child health professionals like yourselves that, who can then share them with, with the kids who really need it the most. And I'm, I'm really motivated by this because I know it works because I have the personal experience of using this yoga on myself to essentially eradicate my anxiety. So although... I, you don't ever get rid of fear and anxiety completely. It has a because it has a useful purpose. So if you you get into a dangerous situation, yes, you will feel fear. Or if you need to be preparing for something, then you might feel some anxiety. But what the yoga is brilliant at doing is balancing the nervous system, and we'll get to that more a bit later, um, both from the Eastern and the Western perspectives on it. Uh, it balances the nervous system so that you you know what you need to do and you're, you get the right messages that then you can go out and do the work, whatever it is that you need to, and then the anxiety goes away. Mm. So now I can write a book, publish a book, go to book events, uh, do public speaking, whatever it is, and I I don't have any fear around that. And if there's any little anxieties come up, I'm just, I just say, okay, I need to prepare. I need to, and it's time to prepare. And now I do the prepare, preparation, make myself ready, and then I, the anxiety goes away. So it's a very, it's a very powerful tool that can be used to to regulate that fear response and and prevent it from going into into overdrive. Yeah, we're talking about before before we started this um, recording that a lot of things have to be done on a regular basis so that we can call upon it as second nature. And the reason why I love this book is because you begin at a very young age. Although all these exercises can be done well into adulthood, when you say Adele, absolutely. So the yoga is not actually specific to children. It's just that we've put it in the format of a book, a picture book, which is accessible to children. So the yoga is just as effective as for adults as it is for the kids. Uh, so if there's any parents reading the book, or, or school teachers, or or you guys, anyone, if you have anxiety issues or or um, fear that's that's a little excessive, then this yoga can help. Everybody. Yeah, I've absolutely. Actually, I've actually found in practice since our last conversation, Adele, and then since having your book in our practice, it's actually a really good in for me as a practitioner to get my parents to be doing the work on their fear and anxiety by targeting the kids, because as we all know, parents will do anything for their children. 
not so much for themselves. So it's actually been, for me, a really handy tool to kind of direct them to helping their kids, but getting the whole family involved in doing some of the wonderful things that we'll talk about soon, I'm sure, from the book. But it's, so it's been, yeah, quite a quite a good little trick, I guess, to help our parents also regulate their systems. And as, as you know, too, Adele, people have, you know, disrupted sleep through intrusive thoughts and so on. And I mistakenly asked Anthony, my husband, this morning, uh, what did he think about first thing in the morning? And then when he began to talk, I said, uh, okay, enough. I don't think we can put that on the podcast. But you know, what people do, what people do wake up with really negative thoughts and, and rightly so, because there's lots to worry about. But I really feel that when someone practices this, and I've been meditating for a long time now, I found that my thought processes are less volumetric in the in the negative space. So it doesn't mean I don't get them, but I can recognize them and I can more or less smile at them and just go, right, there you go again. You know, whereas before I kind of lived them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think as young as possible, we'd love these kids to embody that. Yes, absolutely. And those are very good points. And one of my motivations in writing the book was to target the parents indirectly mm-hmm. through the kids mm-hmm. because if the parents are anxious, the kids will be anxious too because they're role modeling it, they're, they're stressing. So the kids will pick up that energetically in the way their parents are behaving. So that's not to make parents feel bad, um, but but just to acknowledge that if you can deal with your own anxieties and fears, then the children will sort themselves out. So Mm -hmm. doing it together is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And even in the book, it is role modeling that inner peace, how to achieve that inner peace so that we don't have those negative thoughts overrunning us and how to bring in the positive mindset and the positive and and becoming shifting slowly towards positive thoughts coming in so that, it actually, in time, you can shift it from the default being positive thoughts rather yeah. than negative. Yeah. So, for example, you think you might have a little night, tiny niggle about, oh, can I do this? Am I okay? Am I good enough? And instantly thoughts jump in. Yes, you're very experienced. You've done this, 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 this. You you can prepare. You, you'll be okay. That's That's what jumps in instead. It's like it just automatically jumps in on top of those negative thoughts and rewires. It's like rewiring, rewiring constantly to bring in the positive. Mm. So that's what these this practice that's in the book and all yoga and meditation gives us. But it's practice, as you said, very rightly. We have to practice it. We have to embody it, which is the way the, the, the yogi speak would be. The nervous system has to be rewired, essentially. Uh, so that the subconscious is automatically bringing out the positive instead of the negative, mm. which is more of a scientific way to put it. Yeah. yeah so all, all the modeling, like all the mirror neurons that we mm-hmm. say to our to our parents, you know, so monkey see, monkey do neurons. So if, if the mum and dads or the the adult village around the child behaves a certain way, that child thinks that's the norm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about the book. Um BBG, as we um, fondly call it now. (laughs) The BBG. Mm -hmm. It's like the BFG, isn't it? The BFG was very positive. Yeah, Yeah, I like that analogy, actually. The BBG. (laughs) Yes, so the book. So what's unique about the book is that it's the first targeted yoga book, yoga therapy book for kids. So there are a lot of really beautiful yoga books for kids out there now. It's a burgeoning field. Uh, But 
there's none that we know of that really specifically target a particular issue with the the right tools, the right moves, right yoga moves, the right mindfulness practices, etc. We're very enthusiastic to to promote that because it's very it's it's very targeted. Um, and the yoga is is quite unique in a sense that it's meridian based. Um, it's like acupuncture, so it's using the meridians like the acupuncture um, lines, which uh, incidentally um, have been discovered. There's physical structure of meridians that have been discovered in the body now that line along very fine, line along capillaries. They've been called the primovascular system. So now the science has a, a terminology and a physical structure to start really researching meridians and not thinking, it, oh, it's just, just energy, just woo-woos. It's not. It's physical it's actually physical. So um, either called meridian yoga or uh, Japanese yoga, some people know it as, or seasonal yoga, or I like to call it yoga therapy because it is just pure therapy, changes things very quickly. Uh, it's also called Ryoho yoga by Andre Gospodarczyk, who is in Sydney, fantastic master of yoga. In the book, we're targeting two specific meridians, the, the kidney and the bladder meridians. And those are the ones which in the meridian system are the ones primarily that are involved in the sense of fear when they're not balanced, when there's, a, when there's an imbalance there. We have an excessive fear. Those meridians are involved in regulating the autonomic nerve system, which is where the science comes in. So we'll, we'll get back to that. I'd like to get back to that a little bit later about how the, the Eastern medicine or yoga perspective sort of matches with or or, or um, juxtaposes with the Western medicine and science. Um, and lastly, what's unique about the book is that it takes a whole child approach, which is a yogic thing to do. It's so it's integrating the body with the movements, the mind on the emotions with awareness of emotions, awareness of sensation in the body and positive mindset. And it also um, integrates the spirit or the, the heart towards the end so it sort of moves through those three stages body mind spirit as you go through the book so that brings us to the actual book itself and how the the book works so the book can be read in different ways it could be a standalone picture book without even looking at the yoga because it has all those those feelings and, and sensations and emotions and my, positive mindset in it that really uh gives us that the sense of um, how to how to approach fear and anxiety from a, a, a physical and a, and a mental emotional aspect, and not just from the yoga. Uh, or you can you can just do the yoga, which is also a sequence in the back of the book, in, in, with more information. Or you can do a mixture. And kids, once they know the book, they can do they can mix and match. They might they might be really attracted to some of the movements and not to others, and that might change at different times as they go through their own journey through through uh, recovering or, or improving their, their anxiety. So I'd like to read just the first page for a start, just to give you a feel for um, how it integrates these things. So the book begins. One day, Jesse woke up with butterflies in his tummy. He didn't want to go to school. There were too many people and it was too noisy. Jesse squeezed his tummy tight. He stretched and squeezed. Out popped some butterflies. 
<laughs> he stretched and breathed. Kids love it when you pop. And <sighs> squeezed and stretched until there were butterflies all around and his tummy felt a lot better. Then he remembered that he hadn't done his homework. Suddenly his back felt tight and it goes on. So you can see that there's an introduction of what's creating the anxiety. Then there's the description of how he was feeling. It made his tummy feel tight. And then there's a description of the movement that's written into the story. So he stretched and he squeezed and he breathed. So we've got those movements. And then the picture uh, shows that movement in a subtle way mm. that, that kids can follow. And then he feels better because he's done the move and he squeezed all those butterflies, that, that icky feeling out of his tummy. And then he goes on. And so the first part of the book is a series of um, troubles that, that trigger his anxiety. So he's, you know, doesn't his homework or whatever. There's, there's a few things in a row that create anxiety and he does the moves which help specifically to, to get rid of those feelings in the moment. But it piles up and it all becomes too much. He wants to run away and, and goes into a fight and flight mode. So that's how... That's how it brings in the the sensation and the feeling and the emotions. And then a bit later on in the book, we go a bit further along, then it starts to bring in positive mindset as he does more. He goes on a journey. It's a it could be a physical journey, but or it could be a mental journey. And an imagination is a dream or a meditation. You can interpret it how you like. So as he goes through his journey, he starts to be overcome challenges and he starts to feel a bit more positive, a bit more brave, a bit more upbeat, a bit less, less anxious. So then halfway through the story, I'll read another page just to give you a feel for the positive mindset. So with newfound bravery, Jesse lifted up a windsurf sail. Higher and higher and higher it went. Finally, he got it up, but the wind just blew it down again. That's describing a, a motion where he's doing sit-ups, the higher and higher and higher. Luckily, Jesse's mind didn't mind. It thought, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So when Jesse tried rowing, he found he really could do it. And he wasn't even scared of the big waves. So this part of the book is showing a role modeling, a positive mindset, how to think positively about what you can do and how you can do it, rather than going, oh, I can't do it, it's too hard, and letting the fear override you. And so he has these small challenges that get bigger and bigger, and he overcomes them, which gives him the 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 impetus, the, the motivation, the bravery. He feels brave enough to, to tackle the next challenge. And then he starts to calm down. He becomes more at peace with himself and calmer. And then towards the end of the book, I'd like to read a page from near the end just to demonstrate how... He starts to feel at peace with himself and to feel a connection with the world. Jesse picked up a starfish. It matched the shape of his hand. He traced its starfish fingers with his own. It made him feel peaceful. He realised his breathing was slowing down. When his finger went up, he breathed in. When his finger went down, he breathed out. Jesse felt calm and relaxed. More than ever before, he could feel tiny tingles rippling against his skin. He could feel tiny tingles rippling inside his body. And it goes on until he feels one with the ocean, with the world, with his own heart. Beautiful. I like the way that 
it parallels life because um, in a few pages of the book, you know, Jesse seems to have got it. And then all of a sudden a crab comes along, you know, so it's actually much like a real life. You think you've got it. And then a, a big fat crab comes along, you know, or, <laughs> you know what other euphemisms do we have for crabs or funny situations, but that's the thing, but never mind. This is something else you can try, you know? So the butterflies be gone is very pertinent to adult life. Mm. And a lot of your uh, exercises, you know, for us being, um, chiropractors with a neuroscience bent and a pediatric bent. It's all about the cerebellum and the midline being established. So a lot of your exercises are to do with that central core of a child. And if that's established then the lateral cerebellum and the more um, advanced um, movements and thoughts can have something to hang on, but that midline is so important. Mm -hmm. And the way they laminate their nervous systems, you know, from dorsal to rostral. So all those things, there's such a heavy neuroscience theory to what you've put together in this most delightful book with lots of groovy pictures. And I also like the way that there's no need for perfection. And as a result, what's failure, you know, is just, mm. oh, you know, let's try that one again. Um, the boat sunk, you know, let's build another one. So I, I like that because I think a lot of people are primed for um, disasters these days and the sky is going to fall down. Whereas this book hopefully helps kids to become emotionally more muscly, you know, more robust in their emotional muscles so they can be more resilient against trauma, I guess. You know, we can't stop that entirely, but they, they have a little bit of um, inner resilience. It won't be so, you know, horrible, hopefully. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. and this the uh, the yoga targeting the bladder and the kidney meridian really help to stabilize the body and the nervous uh -huh. system. And that allows us to have that emotional flexibility. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to speak to that soon, actually. Yeah. And there's so much yeah. fun in the yeah. book too, you know, because I think a lot of women my age, so let's say life is in thirds or quarters, you know, so you guys in your first quarter or first third, maybe second quarter, you know, I'm going through, it's my third quarter, maybe, um, or last third, whatever it is. But a lot of books we read were so fantasy-based, you know, for our children. So, mm -hmm. I mean, kissing frogs, hoping they might turn into princes. I mean, I'm still <laughs> the same frog, you know. So, this is a, so there's something, there's something nice about uh, having a fun book, mm. which is real. It's not fantasy. It, it actually works. Uh, but given, giving people some real tools to to move through life with in a fun way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think uh, yoga for kids has to be fun because if it's not fun, they won't do it. And a squeezing bit. I was, you know, straight around, you know, when you say squeezing the tummy, a few of our boys will be farting by now because they, they <laughs> on the table, you push on them and they pop all the yeah. funny. But, <laughs> and that's the good thing about kids. You now, if you can bring them to laughter, um, that energy of doom and gloom also is is burst, I, I find. So and not that you wanted to be laughing the whole time you're doing yoga, but, you know, sort of that bit of levity maybe rather than all that brevity perhaps. Inshallah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And laughter itself is a medicine, as we know, mm -hmm. has very good effects on calming the nervous system and turning the vagal nerve. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. And and anything that makes them motivated to to do the yoga, yeah, to make it fun or mm -hmm. funny, that's that's absolutely golden essential yeah. really yeah <laughs> and for adults too really I mean yes. you've got to enjoy yoga if you don't enjoy it then you won't do it 
And if mm. you don't do it, you don't get the benefits. And it is that daily practice. And just a small amount here and there makes a huge difference. It's mm. good to do a little bit. Like kids don't have to do the whole book. They can just do one or two poses. Adults too, just one or two poses. Pick the ones that that they feel they're drawn to or that that make them that make the biggest change for them, have the biggest effect, and then it's done. Mm. Mm. For those who don't suffer from fear or anxiety, who feel very solid in that respect, the yoga in the book is still beneficial because yoga, like all yoga, balances us out and and connects us to ourselves and to the universe and the, the other people. And it helps us to just maintain that, that sense of balance. So even if you don't have a particular fear, it's still beneficial. And in fact, we all do have fears anyway, right? Because, you know, we've, we're afraid of something. Everyone is. It's natural. We wouldn't be human if we didn't. And so it might just be something very normal, like first day of school. So it's not an anxiety. It's just that you're going to school for the first time. It's like, that's mm -hmm. quite a lot to process and, and to become used to. So things like uh, the yoga in this book or this book, just reading this book alone can be very helpful to uh, to just help kids through those little moments where they need to uh, reset. They need to, their nervous system needs to be able to reset to adjust to a new situation, new circumstance, or something comes up, maybe there's an emotional trauma in the family or something unexpected, then this could be a really good tool. And um, your, your page on the hovercraft, you know, where you bring in um, the crisscross, I mean, to me, that's um, a cross crawl. So mm -hmm. being in both yeah. spheres and crossing the midline, you're using the corpus callosum. I mean, I know exactly. I'm using these big long words, but our audience actually is familiar with this. And the other one that I love is the um, inversion poses that you bring in because that does um, bring all that blood flow to the cortex. So there's a lot of signs in this book and we're not going to, you know, give it away because it would be, you know, all <laughs> alerts. But I really feel that adults can really benefit from reading it because it actually is mm. so technical and, and scientific, let's say. So, I, I mean, I know that you also have contact me at your um, email address. So I suppose, would you be okay if people actually wrote to you and asked you to explain mm. some of the um, the concepts? Absolutely. Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Happy yeah. to answer any questions or mm. chat. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, if you can put that in the blurb. Yeah, that'll be great. Mm. Also, the idea of oneness, where you do bring in the word love, because, you know, it takes a village to bring up children, as we all have said, but it takes a village to to stay married. It takes a village to go to work. It takes a village to to actually live on this planet. And I don't know the connections that people make are very flimsy these days. But as you said in your previous episode, is the connection with ourselves, I guess, that we need to get back to. That's essentially what yoga is doing. Yoga is it means union, and it, it's union with ourselves primarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all yoga is is aiming to to recreate that connection with ourselves to well not recreate it's already there it's already there but to realize it so you may have heard words like self realization mm. that's when when we're fully full um, then we are at best to serve others so you know mm. it's going to be that weird 
silly analogy of when the um, oxygen masks come down in an aeroplane, which mask do you put on first? And I mean, such a cliche, but it really is true that I feel people do become a bit martyrish about helping the world when really they they need to go within and and feel fully fully full first, and then they yes. can serve. Yeah, which is exactly what my three little things were about last from last That's episode. Right. right, I heard it. it I heard them. Mm. The self, yes. Yeah. If you help yourself and fill your own cup up mm. and heal yourself, then then you've got a full over overflowing cup overflowing endless overflowing energy and enthusiasm and motivation to help others mm. in many ways that you wouldn't even conceive of if you had a if you don't do the work on yourself and realize the depth of your potential to to bring things into the world that can help others yeah and there's so many lifestyle drugs around these days that really in the end um, feed our deficiency in our own neurotransmitters and as you mentioned, you know, cortisol levels and so on. I mean, that's from within us. And a lot of your poses I noticed in the book are to do with the suprarenal gland, the adrenal gland, the kidneys and so on. So, you know, bringing blood flow and nerve supply to the area. Yeah, I love mm, all that. Absolutely. Yes. So this is a good time to talk about actually how the yoga works, in fact. So, and how it's specific to fear and anxiety. So let's start with the Eastern perspective because that's, what the yoga is it's the meridian yoga so the meridians are part of five element theory in chinese medicine or um, traditional chinese medicine and they are a system that describes energy flow in the world and it's the five elements could be seen as the five energies and they those five energies are all constantly in a flow with each other and interaction with each other that creates life and sustains life. So the five elements are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And the one that we're really interested in in this book is the water element. And this is the correlates with the season of winter. So each of them has a season as well. And the water element is the season of winter. And that's the one that has the kidney and the bladder meridian as as part of its uh, what it regulates. And so as I mentioned before, the emotion, the primary emotion that we that we experience when it's out of balance is fear. It's either it's either overdrive and agitation or it's fear or both. You can have both at once. What the the bladder meridian does, is to stabilize our structure, to give us stability in our in our physical structure in the skeleton with our straight spine and our bones all aligned. And that gives us structure and stability in our mind. So it gives us mental stillness. And without that physical stillness and structure, then we don't have the mental stillness and structure. So the bladder meridian is very important in creating that automatically when it's stable is to create automatically a still mind. And the the kidney meridian, so it's a source of life force. It's called Jing in, in Chinese medicine. It gives us life force through the kidneys and it helps to regulate the nervous system and also the what's called the marrow, which is the inside of the kidneys, so the, the kidney, the bone marrow, as well as the nervous tissue, which is in Chinese medicine also called marrow. 
sea of marrow is the brain. So the, the kidneys are regulating also the bones, but the nervous system as well. And they, they give us stillness and activity. So the bladder meridian gives us that stability and that structure and that stillness. The kidney meridian gives us our, our ability to be active, to have action. So it's the, the two flip sides of the coin. We need both. And that segues really well into the Western perspective, the Western understanding of, um, of fear and anxiety, where we have the autonomic nervous system, which when it becomes imbalanced from chronic stress or anxiety or excessive fears, then we have the sympathetic nervous system, that, that half of the autonomic nervous system becomes too dominant. It's in overdrive. And that's what we call commonly the the fight and flight response. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Oh. And they think there's they keep adding more. <laughs> so essentially, we're in we're in some uh, situation which we get we stuck. We're feeling stuck, or we're full, we're trying to run away. We're trying to fight. We're not relaxed and calm. But on the the other side of that is the parasympathetic nervous system, which gives us our rest and digest, which is through the vagus nerve mostly. When we have lack of, of uh, parasympathetic nervous system, then we're, we easily go into fight and flight mode, sympathetic dominance. And so we have that, that fight or that, that um, conflict between needing stillness to, to rest and digest and needing activity to, to do stuff because we need both. We always need both. And it's always a balance. So to be active, to do anything active, we need the sympathetic nervous system be, to be turned on. But to do to to rest and to to heal the body and to to be calm, we need the the parasympathetic nervous system to be switched on. So to sleep and those sort of regulatory things, digestion and sleep and the immune system, all those things need the parasympathetic nervous system switched on. And we need to be able to flip between one and the other, so that we don't go into the the whole. Um, vicious cycle of of anxiety driven by um, the the HPA axis, the the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, where we've got adrenaline produced by the adrenal glands that sit atop of the kidneys, which then feeds to the the brain and through the HPA axis creates cortisol in over in in too much. So we need cortisol, we need adrenaline, but we need them to be regulated. And when they go into overdrive overstimulation, then it gets out of balance and we're too far into the sympathetic nervous system response. And there's there's quite a close connection between the East and the Western philosophies there, I feel. The Eastern view of the, the kidney meridian, so it involves the kidney organ, but also the meridian line that runs through the whole body. Uh, and the kidney organ in TCM, Chinese medicine, is seen to include the adrenal gland, which sits right on top of it. So that's sort of seen as being a part and parcel of the kidney functions. It's not just filtering blood. It's also regulating the adrenal function. So those two are together, which is why when it's out of balance, we create fear or fear is, is created as seen through the, the, the Chinese um, medicine, but also in the Western viewpoint. Mm. So they, they go quite well together. I think we um, need to be, and, be talking to the converted in our population of yeah, uh, yeah. you know, because um, <laughs> yeah. people who listen to our podcast will just go, but of course, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, you bring in the idea of um, cortical smudging. Do you mm. want to speak to that? That's great. Yes, yes, yeah. 
but just first, so I wanted to also say that the yoga therapy, being very specific for those two meridians, bladder and kidney, what they do is they give the 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 autonomic nervous system a balance and a flexibility so it can flip back and forth between sympathetic and parasympathetic very quickly, very efficiently mm. on tap. We can control it even. It gives us that that ability to center and to to get back to what we need when we need it, whether that's very active and very stimulated or very restful, very calm, peaceful, instantly. So it gives us that tone, tone in the nervous system. Very clever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I just got that. Yes, because you're not describing two separate mm. events. It's quickly, you know, boom. Yeah, of um, like... tree, tree pose really. Tree pose can do that for me. Where mm -hmm. standing on one leg, yeah, drops yeah. you into that stillness yeah. and stability. Yes, mm. yeah. Mm. So that's a very good move for the bladder for the bladder meridian. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So cortical smudging, yes, that's a very interesting one. Um, what, there are many, many effects that yoga therapy has overall. So benefits that, that all yoga therapy has, whether it's for the kidney, bladder meridian, or for any of the other meridians and elements. And the, the yoga in this book will have these other benefits as well, as will any other yoga therapy that we do. So it's very efficient at restoring function. So I mentioned earlier, we can just do one or two poses or three poses, do them daily and we can restore balance, particularly in kids. They change so quickly if you get them the right move or the right couple of moves. They change even even sometimes one, one go at something will shift it for them potentially. Hmm. I had that experience with uh, with bedwetting with a, with a child. Hmm. One, one night doing one move and it stopped. Wow. Like, tap. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So the other thing that, that the the therapy is yoga therapy is very good at is re-establishing the mind-body connection. So I'm getting to cortical smudging. <laughs> so what it does is brings the consciousness or the awareness into the body and vice versa, the where the body into the mind. So in our brain, we have what's known as the homunculus or the the the, the little man that there's one for the somatosensory cortex and one for the um, the motor cortex that run over the over the, the top of the head from like right right across, and that's a map of where the the neurons in the brain map to in the body. So that's our connection, both the sensory that's that's information coming in and the motor neuron that's the information from the brain going to the body to tell it to move or what to do. So we have a map in our brain that represents all the, the body parts. What can happen is that if we ignore a part of the body for whatever reason, I mean, there's trauma or there's pain or there's uh, disability or there's, um, there's an injury, something that drives the consciousness out of a body part because it's too hard to go there, we, we don't want to. What happens is that we lose that definition of the in the cortical map in the homunculus so that's the cortical smudging so instead of being say a really distinct area for my left big toe it becomes sort of blurry and the left big toe has less innovation mm. and it sort of gets that area gets taken over by something else that's more dominant mm -hmm. it's that feed that you feed what you want to grow so you don't feed the lion you feed maybe the, the pussycat mm. 
So in our bodies, we need to become to become very whole as a person. We need to have our our consciousness and our awareness throughout the entire body, everywhere, equally. And that is what gives us self-awareness or self-realization or union. So effectively, that is the path, one path to enlightenment or whatever you, samadhi or whatever you want to call it. Mm. That is one way. And yoga therapy does it from the bottom up, from body, yep. gets, us the, gets the body moving, gets the awareness into the body, gets the blood flow, the nutrients, the, the oxygen into those parts of the body which need healing, which then feeds back to the brain recreates those cortical maps, recreates that ability to connect clearly and easily and cleanly without pain, with freedom in, in the body that's then, because we've squeezed out all the emotions or the, the tension or the pain that we've been feeling, we've healed it, then the, the brain can go to that area and it can feel very comfortable and we can maintain that sense of, of wholeness and unity in the body and the brain. And it, you know, it's, it's totally, inse- you can't separate the two. Yeah. So we expect, because uh, uh, we're, we're body workers, we use um, words like joint mechanical receptors, which our patients are okay with, which are these big fat nerves that lives, live in joints that feed back to a corresponding neuron in the brain. And so whenever they get adjusted or that joint moves, that corresponding neuron lights up. And they've found that chronically, if you don't light that neuron up, guess what? It dies, you know, what you don't use, you lose atrophies and therefore goes dementia. So I love the yoga because it's, um, it's a daily practice to keep these neuronal pools in the brain, um, with the ones in the body connected. So that, that oneness makes absolute sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. And gives the children that, that, uh, self-agency all over again. Because that's what's been lost a lot of times with these children. They just feel they're in an ocean of despair, you know? Yes, mm. exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it couldn't work on the physical level and also on the emotional and mental level. Mm. So I was just speaking about the physical level, yeah. but you can also do it in the, the emotional level or the mental level where you can have those, as we mentioned before, you have those positive thoughts that automatically come up. So if you work on on bringing awareness to positivity, positive thoughts, I can do it, I'm okay, I am I am loving, et cetera, et cetera, then you can feed those and build those. Mm. And there isn't a homunculus for that in the brain. It's, it's like it's in the limbic system, it's in the, you know, it's spread out, it's in the prefrontal cortex, it's in the in the cerebellum with the proprioception, it's, it's all over. Mm. And the connection between two, the between the hemispheres, uh, but if you can build that up and, 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 bring that like resilience into the brain in in particularly in the in the uh, sub the subconscious and in the brain stem those really um so the reptilian parts of the brain the old parts of the brain where we hold a lot of our fear from our childhoods and our parents childhoods and our ancestors through the epigenetics that feeds into what it creates us that fear can be in there from a long time ago it might not have been from our own lifetime yeah uh, but we can slowly or even quickly sometimes, uh, expose that, let it come up. So that's what the yoga therapy does. It corrects things in the body, which then uh, brings those those holding patterns, those habits out of us that are mental in the in the brainstem or the, or the higher centres, and then they allow us to process those memories and those experiences um to see them become conscious of them and then let them go 
and then be free of them. You know, Adele, we could have four hours with you, you know. That. Um, but, yeah. but the butterflies be gone, I reckon it's a really good start, or butterflies in formation maybe, I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> it's a great manual for kids to start off very young. I mean, I would love parents to read them to bed sometimes mm. with it, you know, and we may have to gently wrap soon because mm-hmm. we're coming to the end of our hour but also you mm-hmm. will talk oh, yeah. about um besides your three little things something else to keep our um eyes out for because there's something else in the pipeline oh yes yes there there's, mm. there's another book which is um called shout it out yeah for emotional resilience and emotional expression and i'm super excited about this book i think it's going to be just as good if not better than butterflies beyond it's ready to go to the publisher like i'm 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 almost I'm about to hit the submit button. <laughs> so yeah, so keep your eyes open for that too, because that one will be it's and it's even more general. It's it's about emotions and getting our emotions out. That's absolutely everybody needs to have those tools. So so that will be a fantastic resource too when that comes out. Lovely. Yeah. Amazing. And we've got the same team, same illustrator oh, cool. who's done beautiful illustrations for Butterflies yeah. Be Gone. Everyone loves the light-filled drawings, um, the illustrations here by Andrew McIntosh uh, in Melbourne. So same same illustrator, same publisher, same quality of, of beautiful production. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I mean, we look forward to that. Mm. But um, do you want to wrap this episode up with your three little things, Adele? Yes, I do. I'd love to. So my first th- first little thing, well, not so little thing, is mm. the concept that we can change our mental and physical health, not that we're not fixed. It is possible, whether we're kids or whether we're adults, we always have the ability to make some changes in our habits, in our lifestyle, um, through tools of yoga or diet or, or, or our, just our daily habits, our positive thinking, all these things that means we can make huge impact on our on our physical and mental and, and spiritual well-being and that we can do that. We can own that for ourselves. My second point, second little thing, big little thing, I think you see me need to make these three big things. Anyway, <laughs> that, um, that yoga therapy is a very powerful way to change the body to become our best self. Uh, because it works on all the levels, the mind, the body, and the spirit. So it can stimulate the the meridians that we want to target very specifically. So we've talked about fear, but we could also target, for example, ADHD with the small intestine meridian. We could target uh, fatigue, like chronic fatigue and brain fog with so the large intestine meridian. And there's many, many different things that we think, are oh, we stuck with something with our genetics or, or our whatever our ability, what our body is. But it's not necessarily the case. If we balance all our meridians, we can become very whole and balanced in ourselves and let go of the traumas that are holding us back to be to create freedom. And the third little thing is that it's very important, I feel, to seek the experience of oneness because that really undermines fear and anxiety at its root. And this is easier to find than you think. So you think you might need to meditate in some cave for 12 years or a whole lifetime. It's not necessary. There are many ways to experience oneness, and it's just feeling a connection with the with the universe, with uh, the environment, with other people. Um, and it can be things such as swimming in the ocean, like like Jesse in the book. He swims under on the ocean. He feels that oneness because he can feel energy moving in his body and in the ocean and between in between. 
So he gets that sense of connection. Or it might be that you're singing in a choir or in a, playing a musical instrument and you get that amazing spiritual feeling of upliftment. Or it could be that you have a creative outlet, whatever that is, drawing or painting or writing, anything that, or just meditation. Meditation's, you know, that's the that's the way to train these things, but there's not the only way to find them. So anything that immerses you in the moment and really makes you feel um, one-pointed, focused mind and connected with your heart and with with others, with the environment, with the, the whole universe. And then when you feel that, you have a, an enormous sense of peace and, and well-being and and integration and, and wholeness inside that is fundamental and it doesn't leave once you establish that. And then the fear and anxiety has no latches. There's nothing for it to hook onto because you have this underlying peace and calmness that you can always access and get oh, back to. Interesting. So no receptor sites. <laughs> so, yeah and I mean of course there's three big things and we were self-deprecating when we called it three little things because it was during the <laughs> yeah. time of lockdown and we just thought WTF you know let's get out of this um what should we yeah. do we'll take little baby steps towards big steps but these are definitely big things from you we always <laughs> do that. and I mean you know when you mentioned a few things before I think we would love to do an episode with you regarding genes and epigenes mm. because that's such mm. a big area and Mm. I want to normalize this discussion for our populations because people are still going, no, what are epigenes? And I'm, mm. you know, and they feel mm. so doomed by their genes when really we know there's a great freedom out there. So absolutely you might grace us with that sometime, Adele. Mm. Yes. Well, I'd love to. That would be that'd be really good. Mm. I'd look forward to it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, I think this has been another beautiful and like Lily said, you know, we could probably talk for hours. Uh, we'll add all of those details again into the show notes where people can find you they can email you are you still running your sessions as well yes yes yeah, yeah. so we'll pop that link yeah, so i have there. yeah all on my website and yeah, yeah. there's yeah you can Amazing. just yeah look it up <laughs> yeah we will we'll pop Fantastic. all the details so people can kind of access it really easily but yeah i think an episode on genetics and epigenes would be amazing Mm. yeah I look forward to that well thank yeah. you so much Lily and thank you so much Sarah thank you for having me back on the, on the podcast it's been a real pleasure a quick disclaimer these episodes are not intended to replace help treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals the information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.